everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs here with my co-host and cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. We had Lots a bit of a hiatus. A bit of a hiatus, but you got to have one once in a while. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've been rolling hard. Life events occurred yeah. and uh, we had to take a week off, but we are back this week. We are back and we are going to be going over episodes two and three of loki because we missed number two last week right and we have a whole bunch of rolling or trolling for that you happened. guys that happened last and week. we are going to discuss our suggestions from two weeks ago neil you watched mayor of east town and Certainly i did. watched catch me if you can so excellent film Let's start with Loki, episodes two and three. Give me your overall thoughts. Now, technically, we are halfway through this season of Loki. How do you feel about where we stand right now and the job that that they've been doing with this show? So if we had only had the second episode to go off of, I would say thrilled. This is excellent. Things are going well. But this last episode uh, gave me pause. I was a little nervous about okay. this last one. Interesting. Yeah. Because so the second episode, you still got a lot of Owen Wilson. They're going on a hunt. They're building up a little trust. You know that there's going to be some kind of a uh, backstab or a turn or a twist, which we get at the end of the episode. Very, very dramatic. Very, very awesome. But he follows now, spoiler alert, one, two, three, female Loki. We find Correct. female Loki. Um, this episode three though had its fun moments of like them on the train and Loki getting a little tipsy and all that, but not a lot happened plot wise. You agree? Like, yes I feel like they have that machine. They got to re-energize. Yeah. Yes. And no, it was a bit of a quote unquote bottle episode, right? Yes. Where it's yes. just, it's pretty much just Loki and, sylvie aka Mm -hmm. female loki um who also could be enchantress actually and not female loki could be uh, because i guess in the comic books enchantress her name was sylvie Sylvie. or something like that so there's rumors uh, uh, about her but i i think overall so far this is my favorite of the three marvel series Oh, I agree. I agree that this um, series is my, this is even my with favorite. This I, I don't even know if I would say this was a step back for me. I just I think like my favorite thing about this show and a lot of people would probably disagree because I'm a little weird um, is like not all the action set pieces or the, um, you know, the the theories and the, the mystery and the reveals and stuff like that. I love how this show was basically like the writers of the show's excuse to have like really weird philosophical conversations about topics. In episode one, you get uh, like who doesn't want long conversations? And a lot of the scenes there, they are long conversations between two characters. And so in episode one, you have Owen Wilson and Loki basically breaking down what purpose is right. what people's purpose are uh episode two you have loki and uh, owen and wilson's character mobius um discussing 
basically their belief system. And Which, what's the excellent. difference between believing in the timekeepers versus believing in gods of Asgard? Every, right. Everything sounds ridiculous when you really think about it and explain it. Um, which I thought was really, really fun conversation. And then this week you get the conversation on the train between Loki and Sylvie about what is love? What is love? Listen, which, and I, I like, she's like, love is hate. He's like, love is a dagger by the end of it, which is a very, very cute exchange. And it's almost like he's falling in love with himself, which is perfect for Loki. It's, it makes so much sense. Makes for so much yes. sense. Yeah, makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, we so, get we get a little bit of that that question we were talking about in our last episode of um, there was a rolling or trolling about Loki's sexuality. Yes. And there's one throwaway line, and it's they dealt with it exactly the way we were talking about. It. It's like, look, she asks him, he's like, eh, a bit of both, and then they move on. Yes. The yep. thing's like so perfect, and yep. he's like, and I expect it's the same with you because again, she's like supposed to be the mirror of him from right. another dimension so i just think i think it was a good episode it, it, loki's still my favorite of the three latest series but just a different vibe in this one i guess yeah so there was one uh big so obviously in episode two we get the big reveal that it's female loki right. she's trying to get to the timekeepers she basically bombs the the sacred timeline with yep. all of the um I don't, I don't know what they're basically like the time bomb that, yeah. that disintegrate all the, the branches, the alternate branches um, that should not exist. So right. this bomb created uh, more branches uh, across the timelines, um, which I guess we're going to deal with that in episode four, because in episode three, we're only with Loki and with, uh, female Loki and our Tom Hiddleston Loki. And that's right. it. We have no other interaction with any of the characters we've seen so far from the TVA. Um, so one of the really big reveals in episode three is the fact that um, Sylvie, for some reason, has been interacting with the TVA for years and years. Mm -hmm. And she reveals that all of the members of the TVA were not in fact created by the timekeepers. Like right. Loki was told they are all variants themselves and were brought in to the TVA from whatever uh, Nexus timeline they created. Essentially erased from their world and put in there so no one would miss them right Ex exactly essentially they their timelines were erased and yep. so there was nowhere else for them to go so either they go through trial i guess and get this you know get erased as well or they get brought onto the tva i don't know maybe they're doing like memory wipes or something like that but now well, it the leads thing. to the question is mobius lying to mm. loki about his beliefs or is he a, just a convert to it or um, has he been brainwashed to con some capacity? Well, it certainly makes you uh, doubt the timekeepers. Certainly makes you think these are not the best people in the world. Right. Second, 
the, yeah, there was that line in there about memory, uh, you know, they have no memory of it or possible memory wipes. So I thought that was a very interesting situation. But all in all, uh, all that it's doing is keeping me wanting more. Oh, I eventually doubt. want to see timekeepers. I want to find out where they're holed up. Like, I love what's happening. Not sure what we're going to do with female Loki, because essentially real Loki has to continue on and yes. do things. Female Loki, I'm not sure what her long-term uh, arc will be. Well, it depends. I think out of the three shows that we're getting, this mm. is the most likely to get a second season. Oh, yeah. So in that case, you probably get more Mobius, Owen Wilson. You probably get more Sylvie, Lady Loki. Um, I have a question for you, a, a bit of a theory myself. Just from what I've been noticing in this show is that, you know, Loki in the show is playing it off very much that he's like being kind of dragged along and led along unwillingly through a bunch of stuff. I wonder if he has things planned out way more than the, you know, the hand that he's showing. I don't know because I don't think he intended to get picked up by the timekeepers he obviously didn't intend to get picked up by them in the first place but i'm saying since then like i i got a feeling a lot in episode three that he was doing things that seemed like they were mistakes but they were mistakes but really it was just him i could plotting and scheming like when he gets drunk and reveals that they're you know reveals that they're not supposed to be there basically when has Loki ever done something like that in previous yeah. movies? He's never done anything. He's much more careful. Close that. to that. He's so much more careful in plotting yeah. and he gets thrown out of the train and things seem helpless. And I think there's more to what he's doing uh, than we're being shown. And I think a por- I agree with you. And I think a portion of it could be a little compassion because by getting thrown off the train, they now have to hijack the train, mm-hmm. which means it will get off the planet in time because before it didn't. And yeah. all those people were going to die. So now, yeah. like, I think that's the whole mission. So maybe it's a little, uh, maybe he's changing his ways. He could be, he could be. And we're going to, you know, we're going to find out in episode four, the assumption is that him and female Loki will be saved somehow, somehow. before that planet gets destroyed. Um, because it is on its way to destruction. Um, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to see in, in episode four, what we're going to get. Absolutely. But you're right. He definitely has a plan because since the like middle of the first episode, he knows he wants to get to the timekeepers and he's trying to get to them. I got, I think he does. Maybe he wants to be a a timekeeper. Maybe like there's no, we have no idea what his true intentions are going to be i'm sure until episode six but i did get the the feeling a lot that he in episode two was funny i when he left with uh lady loki Mm. i had the feeling like you know that seemed like a betrayal to mobius and the tva but i actually think he likes having a place of belonging 
yeah, with them. I so I think he was still like genuinely going after her. I wonder if those intentions are still there in episode three, but I also think he has some larger um, scheme that he's formulating is in his mind as, as he's going along. Um, definitely. Just given what's going on in episode Most three. Definitely. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's move on to some rolling or trolling and we will wrap up Loki talk for now until next week when we let's talk about episode four. Um, so rolling or trolling, this should be a good transition. Disney Plus has officially moved their original series drop day from Fridays to Wednesdays after the success of Loki. Uh, yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, we I just guess get it earlier in the week. We get yeah. what we want. <laughs> I yeah, I'm, I'm I have no problem with that. I'm rolling. I mean, essentially, you're still waiting a week. Essentially, yeah. So essentially, like, yes, you are. You know. I don't know why I don't like I, I why is Wednesday better other than it feels because like Fridays it, people are like doing too much could be could be they don't have the viewership right yeah um, but I'm rolling I think that's so maybe idea. that's the case yeah um, prime time action oh yeah while uh, while doing press for Fast and Furious 9 Actor Tyrese Gibson confirmed, quote unquote, that the upcoming Morbius movie where he plays Simon Stroud is a part of the MCU and Avengers. Uh, interesting. Interesting. We've seen Morbius and the Spider-Man. just means MCU because that's a yeah. weird, like, specific shout out to the Avengers, the Avengers, which doesn't make much sense. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe someone shows up at the end. Maybe we have a post credit, something like that. But I'll roll with it. I'm so glad they're adding new things. Like, mm -hmm. just keep adding. It's not. I'm rolling with it too. We need the Spider, Sony Spider Verse to stay joined up with the MCU yes. and get all those side characters in there as well. We have, um, and we've seen in the trailer that um, Michael Keaton's Vulture yep. makes at least a cameo in in Morbius. Which is so awesome. would, it would make sense that that movie is part of the MCU because there's an, clearly an MCU character in that movie. Oh, yeah, which is a tremendous. Um, so well done, that character. Continuing on with Marvel News, a the latest Shang-Chi trailer showed both Abomination and Wong from the Doctor Strange movies uh, fighting each other in some sort of cage match, confirming their appearances in the movie. Now, we obviously knew we were going to get more Wong because he's right. a Doctor Strange character. Abomination has been confirmed for the upcoming She-Hulk uh, TV show. Uh, he was last seen in The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Right. Uh, played by Tim Roth, who is amazing. Um, he is great. So definitely a surprise to see those two characters at least cameoing in this Shang-Chi trailer, which if you haven't seen this latest Shang-Chi trailer, the trailers have been really good. Yeah. But this trailer, they were just like, we're, we're going <laughs> to really I, make you want to see this movie. I'm all for it. Here's my, uh, so here's my concern. 
Like I'm going to slow roll this one because they have added, they have added certain things, um, certain things from the incredible Hulk into this uh, MCU Avengers universe, like uh, William Hurt, the general yes. from there. General Fine. Ross. General Ross. I'm okay with General Ross. I love Tim Roth, but we've got Abomination, which was a little bit horrible. Like the that the depiction okay. was not great. The so, depiction in the trailer wasn't terrible. Okay, so I think maybe there's an improvement. Yeah. At, plus, obviously, the the you know the technology has gotten it's better, better since. Right. So that's the hope. As long as they're improving on the look, I'm all for it. Yeah, I th- I I like this idea of like taking a this is going to be a new uh a, a film franchise that is led by a relatively new and obscure character and I don't right. mind Marvel kind of picking and choosing some cam- even my- if it's minor character cameo appearances that they're just showing off in that movie to entice more people to see their new stuff. Right. Which is all good. All good things. Um, Black Widow Jeez. is confirmed to take place between Avengers Civil War and Infinity War. Um, so now I thought that it was going to take place like before Avengers. Um, right. So that's that was kind of interesting news. Um, and also, according to Kevin Feige, another other prequel movies are definitely in play. And I'm sure that, you know, hinges slightly on the success of Black Widow, which certainly again, I'm sure will do very well. I'm sure it'll do fine. I, I like the idea of prequel movies, but not everybody ages as gracefully as Hugh Jackman. So <laughs> it yeah. is going to be difficult to do these. Like you're going to have to get them out right now. But you know what? That's why I, I liked that it's a prequel movie, but they're putting us in the middle of stuff that we've already seen. So like, it's right. not like Scarlett Johansson being a couple years older is going to affect that, that kind of prequel movie. You know what I mean? True. It's not like we're going back to the eighties or something right. like that. Right. right. Fair enough. Um, I like the idea. I'm, I'm rolling with it. I'll roll as well. Um, speaking of Scarlett Johansson, she is starring and producing in the Tower of Terror movie for Disney based on the ride. All right. Let's deep dive on this for a moment. Scar- so A, I'm all for it. Scarlett Johansson, way to go. B, I will roll with this as long as we pay respect to what I believe was the Disney direct-to-video uh, Steve Gutenberg joint that I think co-starred Kristen Dunst that was the Tower of Terror movie. Like I didn't we, even know that existed. Oh, the goots. He did. <laughs> we, we did see this. It had to be maybe like 2002 or even 98, like 99. But it exists. Um. I'm all for it. I don't really know what the story is. Yeah, I don't know what the story is going to be either. Yeah. So, no idea. It's going to be interesting to see. They did. I mean, listen, they have been 
a little hot and cold with their movies based off of rides. Obviously, you had Pirates, yeah. which the first one was huge hit, a critical and you know box office success. Uh, you had Haunted Mansion, which like weirdly holds a like yeah. I hold a soft spot for it. I kind of I, I watched it. it a lot for whatever reason. Yeah, like that was like with my little cousins uh, that we watched that a lot, but. And, you know, Eddie Murphy is oh, great, yeah. but it's not a good film. No. No, and then, um, you know, we have Jungle Cruise coming up and it's got The Rock and Emily Blunt. So that's a great start. They have start. the tools they, they need. They have the tools. Yeah. And we'll see what they do with Tower of Terror. But I think it makes sense that they're making um, they're making films based off of their rides. Yeah, their IP, and their rides. It makes sure. sense. And I think their next project should be and I want to let you I want you to let me know if you're rolling or trolling with this. Okay, go ahead. Their next ride that they should do should be a horror film. Okay. It's a small world. Uh, that's the only way you, you can do a film on it's a small world. It has only to be a way. horror film. Yes. Only way. I'm rolling with it entirely. The you it's the yes. The whole ride turns on the people in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is essentially a horror ride now. It is. You're, At this you're point. There, that song alone is <laughs> a, a vicious horrorscape of, of noise. But yes, I, I, I agree. I roll. I'm rolling with that. All right. Let's continue into d- the uh, DC world. Yeah. Rumor has it that Grant Gustin from the CW's Flash will be making a cameo appearance in the upcoming Flash movie. Which is very similar to the um, yeah. to the movie Flash, which I'm I'm blanking on the actor's name making a cameo appearance at Ezra. one point. Ezra Miller um, yeah. in the CW Flash right. TV series. I I think it makes sense. Like I've been saying this for years. You have a built-in audience. People love these actors. The television series uh, across the DC universe has been enormously successful. Like just give the people what they want. So that I'm I'm so rolling with that that I'm I'm considering suing because they stole my idea. I've been talking about it so much. Like this is what they should have been doing all along. So this next one, I'm yeah. gonna try to keep this as PG as possible. Oh boy! And the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because like I have to know what your reaction is gonna be to this. Because I think it's going to be hilarious. Okay. So HBO Max's Harley Quinn cartoon series is an Love adult cartoon. Yes. Um, they are working on season three. Right. And the creators behind the series revealed that DC asked for a Batman and Catwoman sex scene to be removed from the upcoming season three, where... Let's just say Batman goes downtown to fight some crime. Wow. And just, uh, uh, apparently the see now. Warner Brothers executives said, quote, heroes don't do that. Heroes don't do that. He was going to visit Crime Alley, huh? Okay. Yes. Well, I thought we left this kind of censorship Back in the Soviet Union is what I thought in this country. I am the first. There's so much to unpack. 
There's so much stuff. <laughs> a, so we've got the whole censorship of it all, but I love this other section of that. That's not what heroes do. I got to find, I got to find the, the quote on it, but yes, because, because are we referring to um, like heroes don't uh, have sex in movies or they don't um, commit this particular act. Very interesting message we're sending to our Yeah, you viewers. can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Heroes don't do that. Wow. That was well, what the creators said they were told by executives. <laughs> Yet another reason DC is failing. They're essentially saying that Batman is selfish. That's right. That's what they're saying. Uh, I, I think that's horrendous. Well, it's not selfish. If he was, again, going gonna to stroll through Crime Alley, that's kind of giving, don't you think? Exactly. But they're saying, that's no, like, heroes that's, don't do that's, that. Wow. Wow. No, I think, I think they're saying that, that heroes that generosity are generosity and selflessness is exactly what we want in our heroes. Um, uh. I... I'm I'm uh, I'm bewildered, offended. Um, that's that's wild. I wonder what how what they're going to do now. Like, are they going to have to at least throw a like it, right? a, a a jab? A yeah, at that. Oh, um, being I love cut it. out. We're, speaking of things being cut out, I'll probably have to just cut out that entire. But <laughs> I guess maybe. Um. All right, moving on. Moving on to less Genius. racy um topics i'm trolling that go ahead the next transformers movie oh troll is officially titled transformers rise of the beasts clearly alluding to the fact that we are getting a beast wars inspired seventh installment just seven like seven can you believe we're on seven they should call it transformers uh transition into hell like i just (laughs) i've had enough like is 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 Shia LaBeouf back for this? No, no. no. So LaBeouf is gone. Uh, what about you know what's his name? I think I we got a transformer. Marky Mark. I think yeah. he's out. Oh my god! I don't so know if he's the... in those movies anymore. Who knows? So where are we now? Like, I don't this know. Is what Last I mean. one they did like a prequel with um, Haley uh, Steinfeld. Right. Um, that's the last one I remember coming out. I didn't realize that there were five before that, which is insane. I weirdly enough, like the closest I got in childhood to any Transformers stuff was the Beast Wars TV like cartoon. I watched that. I didn't watch the 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 repeat the rerun the reruns of the you know old eighties cartoon right uh, where they're vehicles but i did watch the uh beast wars which yeah i, I remember beast when i was a kid. a kid yeah um i agree so i don't know like i'm i'm you know i tuned out after i think maybe i watched the second transformers i was like okay this i can't do this um but we'll see we'll see what happens uh yeah. with this seventh installment i need i need not any seven they've done trolling seven. i assume you're trolling yeah trolling I mean, um okay so these next ones, we're going to do a bit of a like weird news rapid fire, if we can. Okay. All of these stories are actually courtesy of IGN. I, I saw all of these while uh, 
looking some other stuff up and Collected IGN the news. does a, a, a good job of including some weird uh, sciencey news. So let's unpack what we had from the last two weeks unpack. that we missed out on. First was a humpback whale ate a lobster fisherman when they collided, but then he, the whale spit him back out. The fisherman survived with just a broken leg. Interesting. I think I'm going to, um, ha- I'll roll with that interesting news, but only if the fisherman changes his name to Jonah. Mm. Yeah. Jonah and the whale. Pause yeah. for applause. I, I, I like that. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it was strange. I did see that one. That was strange. I I wonder, like, that had to be so creepy. I'm rolling with the fisherman only if he changes his name to Captain Ahab and Ooh. hunts down the yes. whale that attacked him. Yes. Approved. He needs to now dedicate his life to hunting down that whale. Oh, my God. At, well, of course. Because and you get these like images of like oh look we're gonna go whale watching and oh look we're di- we're swimming and yeah. I'm touching the whale good for the whale like I root for these things <laughs> yeah. to eat these people because stop screwing around with their like if some person like human person saddled up to me on the street and started like rubbing my side or grabbing an arm like they grabbed the fins I'd freak out. You know, like yeah, the yeah, whale yeah. deserve to eat that person. Um, I, I, I have a, a tangent of something related to this. Mm. That have you been watching Saturday Night Live this past yeah, season? I haven't. Not this season. No. You haven't watched, seen any of it. Yeah, I don't believe so. Maybe okay. a clip or two. My suggestion to you this week might just be like a five-minute sketch. Okay. I'll take it. That, that's been inspired by this conversation. So I'll wait it. until suggestions. I'm down. Um, I'll watch it. You're going to have an easy suggestion for this week. Um, National Geographic has named a new ocean on Earth called the Southern Ocean, which they say is the water surrounding Antarctica. Um, this is now the fifth ocean on earth oh so there we were previously four and now there are five right according i guess it's only according to national geographic though right. i don't know if they're the authority on on, o- on ocean claims but that is what they're saying is that nope that's a new ocean now well i oppose that like i i who i wasn't i guess meeting. there's enough water down there now from global warming i guess perhaps could be that that they can now say no this is this is an ocean in itself perhaps i also think like there's a lot of you know arbitrary deciding where oceans begin and end <laughs> um you know atlantic and pacific i'll allow but there's a lot of can like you name the other two well the indian atlantic pacific yep. indian yeah and uh Atlantic Pacific Indian. What's the fourth one? Am I going to be upset about it? I don't know. Are you going to be upset I, about uh, it? Uh, I know Mediterranean's the sea, right? It's it, it is a bit of a curveball because, like, you would think that 
the new ocean is right. the the ocean that they're talking about. It's Correct. it's the Arctic Ocean. Ah, well, there it's you the go. Fourth, which the now there's a a southern ocean. So the Arctic Ocean is the ocean in the North Arctic area, and then mm-hmm. now the Southern Ocean is down in Antarctica, the South. I disapprove. I I don't know that I agree. I want I I I need to see the material, the data. I don't know about this. <laughs> I, I, I need um, to pour through the data. <laughs> I need to pour through the data. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, okay. We have one more. All right. A few days after an inconclusive U.S. intelligent report about UFOs was released, uh, giving us basically no answer to more than 140 encounters, right? That, that right. report comes out and tells us pretty much nothing it says could have been aliens could have been foreign governments we still we're not giving you an answer right so a couple a few days after that now a harvard scientist is saying that the i'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this the almaumwa asteroid that passed earth back in 2018 might have been an alien vessel uh, the astrophysicist Avi Loeb mm. also believes that a preceding vessel could have launched probes to Earth's surface and that aliens are watching us. Now, the <sighs> asteroid itself, it was like a, a flattened out, like elongated asteroid mm. that they like. I remember back in 2018, people were like, "Oh, is oh look, it's probably an alien ship in disguise." Right. And now this guy is saying, "I it think was. it was an alien ship in disguise." Huh. Well, okay. How do you feel about this, sir? I mean, just like don't attack us, aliens. That's all. I guess, Watch us right? all you want. Like, that's fine. We know you're out there. We know you're Somewhere. out there. I don't know if you were in that Somewhere. asteroid, but. As long as you're not about to, you know, colonize, then watch all you want. I agree. That's my if feeling. they're colonizing aliens, I don't really like that. If they're like, we want to help you become, use like 100% of your brains, aliens, I'm all for it. Um, how do I feel about this notion of the monolith, like from 2001, A Space Odyssey, passing by and shooting out... Uh, like watch crafts. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I think, I think an asteroid's an asteroid. Like if you're going to yeah. disguise your ship, you know, I just think you'll be invisible. It as. Yeah. But like if, if they're at that level, Listen, we're, we're giving aliens a, a lot of leeway. Then if we think that they can make invisible, not only can they make ships, which we haven't been able right. to do, but now True. they can, they can make them invisible. That would be, Something. I think if we're if we're at aliens, we're asking a lot of the aliens to not right. only be able to have to come also up with be space invisible. travel and right. camouflage space travel. It now needs to be invisible so it's more, space travel. It's more pl- okay, so it's it's more plausible that they super glue rocks to their ship. Yeah, you're like an asteroid. Then they yep. have the technology to be <laughs> yep. invisible. Okay. This is like the uh, conversation that uh, Loki and and uh, yeah. Mobius have about the timekeepers. Oh my god! Um, all right, let's let's talk about our suggestions. Oh yeah, from two weeks ago, 
Again, I watched Catch Me If You Can. You watched Mayor of Easttown. Certainly. Do you want to start with? I'll start with Mayor of Easttown because I have been watching it uh, on and off. I have not finished the last episode. I will. I am at the second to last episode. Okay. So long story short, there is uh, basically two plots going on in this show. Plot one, there already is a missing presumed dead girl. Yes. All right. Uh, plot two, there's now a new murdered girl. Yes. Okay. And Mare, M-A-R-E, because I every time someone described the show to me, I thought they were saying Mayor of Easttown. Yes. So they're saying Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. So Mayor is the cop uh, that needs to deal with all this. She's so, very appropriately named, though, because she's kind of the yeah. mayor. Of she is kind of East mayor. town as well. Like she is the one she has all the connections and relationships with all of these yes. people in this town. hundred percent. And she is using them. Um, so number one, Kate Winslet does an amazing job. She's not necessarily doing like an Irish accent, but she's like doing an no. American accent. And they're doing that s- Southern Philly accent. Yes. That's what they're doing. Where they yeah. say instead of water, they say water, water, and stuff water. like that. Yeah, get some water. Yeah, no, they're doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, but I feel like so they've resolved the missing girl issue in kind of a spectacular way at, at the point I'm at. Ye- yes, um, which is great. It I felt like. Of the seven episodes, we could have shrunk this to five because there's some filler in there. I always I don't like filler. Okay. But but I'll say this. I bring up the Irish thing because um her like sister, essentially, Julianne Nicholson, is to me like the perfect Irish looking actress. And and you know, her okay. married yep. Kate Winslet last name is Sheehan. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of that in the in the thing. Um, does an amazing job. Gene Smart playing uh, Kate Winslet's mother. Tremendous and really like leaning into it. But oh, we've yeah. got to talk about um, what's his name? Quicksilver. Why well, can't I think of his name? Oh, yes. Um, we have to talk about. Um, I know who you're talking about, too. Evan yes. Peters. Evan Peters. Evan Peters plays this uh, like county cop detective that comes in to help this local police force deal with these um, two incidences, believing that they're connected. And he meets, uh, he has some unfortunate issues as the series goes on. We will, we'll just say now we're going to spoil. We're going to spoil mayor of Easttown. Let's let's talk about it without fear of spoilers. So I'm invested now in Evan Peters. They have this odd relationship. He asks her out. She agrees. Yep. When she goes to the door, I'm thinking it's going to be Guy Pierce. It's not Seven Peters. Yep. And I'm kind of weirdly into it. I'm like, all right, what, what what's going to happen here? I, Go ahead. I also just want to say on Evan Peters' performance in this, I feel like this is his breakout role, weirdly wow. enough. Wow. And I think his... his um, the scene where they're at the bar and he's drunkenly hitting yes. on Mare um, is basically his Emmy reel. <laughs> his Just Emmy that reel. alone okay. was uh, spectacular. That was spectacular. Him, him 
his uh acting as a drunk off-duty detective was like perfect i feel like he can't help but be like polite like appealing like mass appeal Mm -hmm. just in general even when he's trying to be like a jerk or or you know skeevy or hitting on or whatever like he just comes across always in all his performances as like a sweetheart yeah Uh, maybe i don't know it's just something innate but um absolutely breakout performance he does an amazing job but when they go into that house i was not expecting him to just get just shot in the face Mm -hmm. i mean wow 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 I that also some- like that was a, gr- a crazy scene just in yeah. general. The whole house interaction, I was yes. like, you know, on tense edge. and like on edge. Right. I I really liked like how you weren't sure if the two were connected. Yeah. And then finding out that they're not basically that they're not connected. Like right. I liked I did like that. I liked that there was kind of a throw in yeah. side um, case that mayor hadn't solved yet because that would it makes sense right it makes sense right. that mayor's only case wouldn't like wouldn't just be the one murder like there's a bunch right. of other cases so they kind of go through that and i also like i know it's a little slow paced but by the end of the show it will kind of make a little bit more sense too like all of the kind of filler stuff yeah. of like comes in the the interact which is a lot of just like her interacting with other people in town and establishing her relationships and everyone's right. relationships with each other. Um, I, it's actually important. Like it's important. I feel like the relationship that was uh, not handled well as poor guy Pierce. Okay. That's fair. Like I want to see what happens there. Cause I like, like, I feel like, Oh, we're not doing enough with guy Pierce. Also, I recently watched or rewatched um, The Count of Monte Cristo, which I think was a 2001 uh, movie. Okay. With, um, you know, Henry Cavill's in it, plays the son of Edmond Dantes and all that. But long story short, Guy Pierce, who must be like 20 in that yeah. movie, I'm just looking at that. And then I, I was watching this show again all week. I was like, wow. I mean, he, he's keeping it together, but you, you know, that's a different actor. Yeah, he's human. Yeah, you know, but not not even like looks like I just not in a like, bad way. Yeah, not in a bad way. Like the the two actors, the guy Pierce from two thousand one and the guy Pierce from this show, just two different people. Not better or worse, but doing something. You know, has grown, has grown. Also, yeah, yeah. So long story short, I loved it. It was an excellent, excellent um, suggestion. Uh, I everybody's at peak performance. And I am going to catch that seventh and last episode uh, today. Yeah, we'll we'll check in with you yeah. after, like next week just to hear what your thought. I want to hear Absolutely. your thoughts on uh, the finale. But definitely awesome. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Well, I watched Catch Me If You Can, which I had seen right. like bits and pieces of over the years i never really sat down to watch it beginning to end um and i I mean it's just like you can't really go wrong with a suggestion like that correct you have peak dicaprio you've got 
Tom Hanks in a supporting role, which we'll talk about. Um, it follows uh, the story of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who is playing a, Frank Abagnale. Uh, yeah, playing Frank Abagnale, who is basically a runaway from home at seventeen, yeah. and just like it is has the natural talent of being a con artist. Yes. He is just natural. That is the gift that God gave him was he is great at being a con artist because he just immediately starts forging checks, pretending yeah. that he's a pilot. Seamlessly he is, he's falls a pilot, into lying. He's a doctor and he's a lawyer. All like, and this is based on a true story. Yep. Um, all in, in the same movie. Um, he's, he's cash and, fake checks and creating fake passports and diplomas and, and all this stuff. And all the while Tom Hanks is playing the uh, FBI agent who is after him and and trying to catch him. Um, I think for DiCaprio, this was an, uh, just a really good movie for him. Yeah. Um, He, you know, he got to wear a lot of hats he got to wear a lot of hats. You have yeah. him. He basically, he does uh, Titanic in 1997. Right. And then, you know, doesn't really do anything crazy in, in between. He's, he's in the man in the iron mask, right. uh, celebrity, the beach and Don's plum, which celebrity and Don's plum. I've never even heard of. Never. Um, then you get two movies in the same year of, uh, DiCaprio where you get catch me if you can and you get gangs of New York both in right. the same year which Cementing I think his place. cemented his place yeah. as not only like one of the premier movie stars but it also like solidified that he is not a um, just like Flesh a heartthrob yeah. for movies like in the Titanic he Definitely. is a legitimate actor and he has levels yes um and they really like they they let him cook in this movie man i mean he's doing a lot he's doing a lot he's doing a lot a young uh jennifer garner makes an appearance yep a uh young what's her name um you have young jennifer garner you have yes uh all all of the uh, love interests are were future names. huge stars. So yeah. you have um, Amy Adams, Amy Adams, you have Jennifer right. Garner, you have Ellen Pompeo, uh, right. Grey's Anatomy, and you have yep. Elizabeth Banks. Right, are the the kind of like four uh, love interests um, in this movie? You also have Christopher Walken plays Leo's father. Uh, you have Martin Sheen makes an appearance. James Brolin is also yeah. in this movie, um, and the the big supporting role is is Tom Hanks. Now, Hank, this movie for Hanks comes at the um, I don't know why it's not coming up. It comes at the tail end of his big run. Of uh, Christopher of Walken's his, big of, run? Of Tom Hanks' big run. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this yeah. is literally the last movie in that huge, like, 
hit after hit after hit run that he goes on. And what I really like about this, and I wish that he kind of did this more, is that this is a supporting role. Right. And he's very good. Like, he's obviously a great lead actor and my favorite actor in general, but he does such a good job in this supporting role that I would love to see him do, do more of this. Like when he is yeah. in a supporting role, it's typically a really good movie. I mean, you could look at his most recent um, in um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood yes. where you think that he's going to be the lead, but really he's the supporting and it's a, he does an amazing, amazing job. Absolutely. And to your point, like, taking someone of his caliber that's not a step backwards what you're doing is you are like supplementing the film in such an amazing way you are taking a great great story a great movie and then just proving that there are no weak links because you've got him bolstering the rest of the story he is the literal definition of supporting actor because he is a support of the movie like if you picture it as as some sort of structure he would be like a supporting beam like he is foundational to the success of that movie 100 percent. so yeah i i loved it i i think it's a great movie um definitely awesome definitely a great recommendation definitely right up my alley yeah, um, Leo and Tom Hanks, you cannot cannot go wrong. Can't, can't. Leo, Tom Hanks with little Susan of Christopher Walken. <laughs> yes, it is the best ever. Um, so let's let's get into the our suggestions for this week. All what right, do you, what do you got for me? Mine's gonna be really weird, as I kind of established. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're going in a comedy direction because I fell down a rabbit hole this week. I listen to podcasts that are not our own. Uh, and one of them, um, I'll just give credit. It's the ID 10 T podcast, the old Nerdist. And okay. they had these guys on. And I love these guys from their old, older films. Um, and they were talking about this new show they have on. It's a comedy group called Broken Lizard. Okay. Broken Lizard. You've heard of it because Broken Lizard is... The Super Troopers guys. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And the Super Troopers guys, you know, they did that. Super Troopers 2, obviously. They did a movie called Club Dread, which is just hysterical. Um, Beer Fest, amazing. So they are now doing a television show on HBO Max. And I was like, okay, I'll check in. It's called Tacoma FD. Basically, Tacoma Fire Department. Okay. And... It's they do like Reno nine one one, or are they those guys or the they no, different? Oh, okay, different. those are different. They're different, but you're gonna love it. It's tw- like twenty five minute episodes. Uh, they have twenty five episodes out so far. Uh, two seasons. They're coming back for a third. Guys name um, Kevin Heffernan and Steve LeMay. Yep. Okay, but the rest of the Super Troopers like peeps come back for gotcha. um, guest appearances. Okay. But they are basically, they started out as skit sketch comedians. And so yep. they're basically working in all these ridiculous ideas just into every episode. There is no arc. Right. It's just like you, every episode is what's happening to these people today. Right. You know, and there's a few people that come back throughout the, ser- the series, but there's no redeeming quality. Like there's no, 
I'm following a story from beginning to end. It's just, of course, of course. you're it's, tuning in. Each episode lives right. on its own. And it okay. is fully a, a comedy show. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I think you're going to, I think you're going to fall down a rabbit hole. I like that. I actually, I wanted to, um, I'm excited to watch that. I wanted to, you reminded me with the mention of HBO Max because we've talked a little bit about the newer streaming services that have yeah. come out as we've done the podcast. Um, I had my first experience with uh, Paramount Plus. Okay. This, this past week to watch Catch Me If You Can. Right. And I would say it leaves more to be desired. Wow. There's not a lot on it. Well, they don't it's have similar much to like it's similar to um like I'm gonna take advantage, so I have a free trial for the month. Right. Um I'm gonna take advantage because a quiet place two will be coming on sure. the platform uh mid July while I still have the free trial. So that's great. Certainly. Um I'm probably gonna watch myself some SpongeBob. Yeah. Um I will watch some Survivor. Um, because all the seasons are there um but other than that i'm gonna get what i can and out of it but there's like i feel like there's not much on there because everything's licensed out right now for them everything's licensed out out to other properties so they need to get those licenses back before that becomes a viable like buy for people it's 4.99 with ads and 9.99 with like very limited ads well, that's um, not worth it. Which, like, then you look at something like Peacock, which, yeah. you know, they have, like, seasons of The Office are obviously you have to pay for, but a lot of their content are behind ads, which is fine, and you can watch it for free with ads. Right. Um. So I think that would have been a smarter route for Paramount Plus because... 100%. Uh, because Peacock is in the same situation where they st- they've gotten a lot more of their stuff back, but yeah. that you, those universal movies, a lot of them are still licensed out. Like the fast and furious franchise, those are all licensed out to like, I know there's some on Paramount plus there's some of those movies are on HBO max, but they're doing a smart thing where it's like, just you can watch our stuff. Just, you have to watch it with ads. Just, I don't, I don't I like that. We built this world we live in to avoid mm-hmm. ads. We did, you know, and, and again, we've talked about this before. It's like, if we're going back to that, why did we, why did we get abandoned television? Like I could just watch TV. Exactly. That's the world I wanted to live in. Exactly. Um, okay. So here's my suggestion for you. Yes. This is a clip from uh, the most recent season okay. of SNL. What is the name? It of the is clip? part of weekend update. Okay that they do with uh, Michael Che and I am for and Colin Jost. Right. Um, and this is the segment where like, Oh, they bring someone on to like talk about whatever topic they're talking about. And yeah. in this one, they bring on uh, the comedian Bowen Yang, who's a relative newcomer right. to uh, the cast, you know, over the past couple of years. And he plays the iceberg that sank uh-huh. the Titanic. Okay. And it is so funny <laughs> and so clever and just brilliant what Bo and Yang did with this sketch. Um, I'm not going to give too much of it away, but it's right. very similar to what you were talking about with the, the whale where it's like, yeah. basically the whole concept is like they bumped into him 
I okay. Oh, they bumped into me. All right, yeah, I will watch this. So watch, watch it. Right it's now. all. It's uh, like a five-minute clip, but like it's it's so funny. That's my suggestion to you for this week. A nice and Done. easy one. Um, I I watched this multiple times when it came out. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> all right, I'm in. The iceberg cool. sketch. Okay, so. I am going to watch uh, Tacoma FD. Yes. And you are going to watch the uh, iceberg on the sinking of the Titanic, that clip from SNL this past season. And uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of It Was All a Stream. Uh, If you are enjoying the podcast, please consider subscribing and reviewing uh, rating wherever it is that you are listening we're on all, every major podcast platform we're also on neil's amazing website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two the screen.com neil what do you got to say to the people stream on everybody